It's March 18th, 2020. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Mark Kimura from Oceanit, and he joins us to tell us about an uh, upcoming virtual workshop called Aloha AI. And then we'll be joined by Asaf Karman from Turnover BNB, and we'll talk about building a startup and a path to the Tech Entrepreneur of the Year. Now, first off, I want to welcome Mark Kimura from OceanEd. We've had Mark on several times talking about AI and the workshops they do. But this one, which started off as a in-person workshop, is now going to be a virtual workshop. And uh, I want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. It's great to be here, gang. So, Mark, you know, uh, I've been to your uh, workshop, and, and it's a re- really kind of a, a great opportunity right. for the attendees, students, teachers, whoever, uh, to really kind of learn about AI. And, and you've helped to really create some tools that make it a lot easier to understand. Right. So right. tell us a little bit about this workshop that's coming up. Yeah. So this workshop is actually uh, meant to be an update for the uh, Aloha AI network mm-hmm. that we built, on, which we talked about last time. Uh, so normally when we give a workshop, uh, you know, we have computers and then people work on their computers and it's really a hands-on experience for them. Right. Uh, this time around, we have to kind of tweak a little bit, um, but, you know, we're trying to make it as uh, real as possible. Well, so when, you know, we've done it before, it was uh, at places like Halawi Nana and you had all the computers and these computers were pretty high-end computers. I mean, they were uh, they were laptops, but they were, you know, uh, powerful enough to right. do the kind of computing that you needed it to do. Uh, when you do it virtually, mm-hmm. you're going to be somewhat dependent on whatever computer people are using at their home or wherever, right? Right. Uh, we will not be asking them to use their computers. It will be more like a sort of a passive experience this time around. Uh, we will be using our office to actually, we're going to use a Zoom conference system. Mm-hmm. We have a corporate account. So, uh, we just have to, you know, we do, you know, do it on our own and then show them to them, show to them. and, and um, you know, we accept questions and we interact on like uh, through Zoom. Okay, so uh, and again, this is being done primarily because of the fact that you know gatherings of more than ten. I mean, we're in the era of uh, coronavirus and COVID nineteen. So, you know, in terms of an in person workshop, uh, that was probably frowned upon, right? So. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is that you know it sounds like you got a lot of people signing up anyway. Correct. Uh, we started to uh, advertise this about a month ago, mm-hmm. and uh, very quickly we got uh, over thirty, forty people within the next uh, within uh, one day or two days. But then quickly, really, really grew, and then as uh, of uh, last week or so, uh, it, it passed one hundred people. So at that point, we spoke to our executives and uh, decision makers in the company. And we decided that it would be unethical to hold a huge event like that, in-person event like that. So we decided to, you know, do virtual. So, so, but uh, given the quick, you know, the quickly changing environment for the whole concern over uh, the coronavirus, uh, you know, it went from 100 to gatherings of 50, and now, you know, the latest is gatherings of 10. I mean, had it been 30, do you think you would have still had it in in person? (laughs) It, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, just yesterday, I think, was uh, present. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of uh, asked us not to hold an event larger than 10, right? Mm-hmm. We probably mm-hmm. wouldn't follow that, that suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so uh, I think you kind of answered this question, but, you know, having it become more of a, a, a passive experience, I mean, are there things that you're going to do specifically that help people kind of understand what is happening? When we did it in person, mm-hmm. I mean, we were actually gathering up the photos, right. putting them into a folder, right. having the computer actually sort them and, and identify, you know, what kinds of, let's say, uh, Aloha shirts might have been. Right. So we will not be uh, doing anything really hands-on this time around because of that. Um, but we will be actually giving them update on Aloha AI networks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the last time we, I was here and we talked about this net, on Aloha AI network devices uh, deployed in schools, including Waipo High School. Uh, we, uh, since then, we actually deployed them. So mm-hmm. we'll be able to uh, show them the dashboard. Uh, coming from the you know, database. Uh, at least we might be able to have them uh, sh- uh, look at the database, like a, a dashboard online on their own browser. So we are thinking about you know, things that we could possibly do online. Now, one of the things that uh, you've, you know, since I've had you on the last time, I mean, you've obviously been working on some new uh demonstrations right. that you could showcase. Uh, maybe tell us some of the new uh, things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, I brought uh, a latest version. I'm very excited to show you this. You know, it's sad. I mean, I can't it's really on radio, it's radio, but, yeah, <laughs> know, but I'll try to describe it in a visually as, not, as, as much as possible. Sure. So just to recap, this Aloha AI device was uh, like a, pla- a box of plastic with a, a, a LCD touchscreen, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Attached to uh, this AI accelerator, which actually the Google Corel. And uh, this uh, optical sensor or webcam. So previously, it would detect people, or pedestrians, and count the number of pedestrians passing by, mm-hmm. and send the stats periodic, peri- periodically to the database mm-hmm. or the cloud database. So I built this version of Aloha AI device to detect um, hands, specifically uh, hand rubbing motion, or when somebody um, comes to uh, say uh, a hand washing station mm-hmm. or hand sanitizer it can actually detect the, the hand sanitizer use and count the use over time and send the data to the server. And this version specifically actually uh, detects the motion, like hand rubbing motion. And then basically the, the harder you rub your hands, the score goes and gets higher. Oh. So Yeah, so it will count from 0 to 100. It uh, uh, goes from red to green. So it will kind of prompt people to, uh, you know, Wash hands for uh, over twenty seconds or thirty seconds. Now, now, real quickly, you know the uh, the seminar is coming up in April. But uh, uh, who can sign up for this? Can more people sign up for this? How many? Uh, what's what's the maximum count? That yeah. So the silver lining is that because now it's virtual, uh, we can actually accommodate more people. Right. Okay. So if you uh, if anybody interested, uh, they can send an email to uh, Aikitajima, uh, my friend at Oceanet, uh, Ian Kitajima, Aikitajima at Oceanet dot com. So do you you don't have a uh, you don't want to send out a, a event right to everybody? Oh, we have Eventbrite. Uh, so if you email him, uh, he'll be able to give you the Well, I can post it up on the web, oh, yeah, on our great. show notes later. Yes. Yep. Okay, sounds well, sounds good. good. And I want to thank you, uh, Mark, for joining us. Thanks again. And of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Asaf Carmen from Turnover BNB. We'll talk about building a tech startup in Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors the Rice Partnership and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Hi, I'm Joe Ferraro, and I'm with Ferraro Choi & Associates. We're architects, and we underwrite KHPR program. I can only tell you over the 25 years or so, people have stopped me on the street and said thank you 
You support public radio. You believe in the things that we believe in, and that's why we're selecting you as an architect. Now there's recognition, and it's recognition in a good way because it's with public radio. Hawaii Public Radio Underwriting. Your message heard here. Welcome back to Bite Mars Cafe. Now, I would love to welcome Asaf Carmen. He's with Turnover BNB, and of course, uh, uh, he is the president of Turnover BNB, and also the winner of the recent uh, HVCA, Hawaii Venture Capital Association, Technology Entrepreneur of the Year for 2020. Welcome to Bite Mars Cafe. Thank you, Bert. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here. I've uh, been a, you know, been listening to your show for years, and it's a real privilege to be here in person. I want to assure everyone they're six feet apart, yeah, so yeah, there's we, no danger here. Yes, yeah. we are practicing our social distancing, or uh, I guess that's what it is, yeah, social distancing. So even though we're in the studio and sort of sharing the same air, I think we're still safe. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I've been following um, Turnover BNB and the uh, the thing that really kind of caught my attention and we got to ch- you know chat a little bit over at HVCA, was the fact that your history started back in biz school. And, you know, I-, I love the story of how that kind of was the way that you ultimately ended up launching this company. So tell us a little bit about Turnover BNB, the idea, and then, and then how you started with the actual pitch during biz school. Yeah, so Turnover BNB is a software platform that helps um, vacation rental operators, especially in the areas of maintenance and cleaning. Uh, so we have customers uh, in almost every country of the world in terms of our software, and we also offer a marketplace where people can find service providers, and that's primarily uh, in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we do have some customers in Hawaii, but that's really not the main focus of the business. Um, So we got started out of uh, business school, me and my um, co-founder, Tim Roy, which is also, by the way, uh, the Tech Entrepreneur of the Year. We both share that award. Okay, so it's not just uh, you having that honor. Mm -hmm. It's both you and your partner. Yeah. Great. But it's not half the honor. It's still great. Yeah. Uh, So we're both um, going to business school, Scheidler Mm -hmm. College of Business, uh, we both, by the way, got um, almost full scholarships to attend, so we have to always uh, give credit. Sure. So when when uh, when so when you went to Scheidler, I mean, you're going for your MBA. Yeah, going okay. for my MBA. So I my uh, bachelor's degrees in computer science. I've been a oh, okay. software engineer for many years. I decided I want to you know in bi- go in business for myself, mm-hmm. um, and then you know we became friends and we uh, started sort of thinking of all kinds of of. Uh, business opportunities, um, and we came up with an idea, and we went through uh, PACE, which the, is a program in uh, Shiloh College of Business, and they have the uh, business plan competition, mm-hmm. and we participated, and we got, uh, I don't remember, second or third place, um, and then we went on and started executing the idea just after we graduated. So before, okay, so when it was just a idea, was it part of a class or was it just uh, an opportunity because Pace had this business plan competition? I mean, what what really got you to write the business plan? So and as a matter of fact, it was a part of a class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am blanking uh, on the name, but it was Professor Bystrom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was uh, Entrepreneurial Finance. Mm. Um, and we came up with a, an idea, which was a little different. And then we was like, 
actually, this is a great class assignment, but this could actually work. Okay, right? so what, yeah. was the, what was the initial idea? Do you remember what the initial idea was? The initial idea was um, a cleaning service that comes to your house every day for half an hour. It was like logistically a little difficult for us to pull off. We started working on it. Uh, we realized that we, you know, we were kind of in over our head in terms of the logistics, but then we pivoted to uh, vacation rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of caught on because there's a lot of software that needs to be implemented in that area, especially uh, in the scheduling. And then we took it to PACE, the uh, business plan competition, which really helped us sort of crystallize it into you know, a very coherent plan. Mm-hmm. And we've actually stuck to that plan Till this day, and yeah. and uh, do you recall what year that was when you actually did the pitch? It was 2017. It was, I think, April or May 2017. Okay. Now, now, <clears throat> once you did the pitch, you got uh, placed. Uh, obviously, you graduated. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping yeah, that yeah. you know their their money went to good investments <laughs> while you graduated. <laughs> oh, and then and then. Was it uh, pretty immediate that you got uh, enrolled in one of the accelerators? No. So we actually um, executed on it for about a year before we um, start joined Blue Startups. Uh, so we had a little bit of traction and, and somewhat of a finished product uh, by the time that we've joined Blue Startups. Blue mm-hmm. Startups, you know, it's a very competitive program. There are people applying from all over the place. So we wouldn't have been viable there just coming with a plan. So we actually had software and apps published and users and revenue, uh, but it was minimal. So what? tell me a little bit about what went into building the application, the platform, the actual delivery of this, this uh, sort of online tool that allowed people to, you know, clean their their uh, rentals? So, um, you know, my background is uh, in software engineering, and I was the one coding it initially. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, the first engineer, um, and then we hired one more person, and then one more person, and one more person, and now we're uh, 11 engineers on the team and uh, three uh, designers, and we have a team that focuses on our mobile apps. We have two mobile apps. Uh, and then we have a, a team that focuses on our back end and a team that focuses on our front end of our uh, mm-hmm, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of infrastructure work because we, we do scheduling for tens of thousands of properties uh, all over the world, around the clock. Uh, so it's, for us, mission critical that everything gets scheduled and not one cleaning is missed. So w- w- did you use uh, uh, what, like AWS? I mean, what was the, I guess, server infrastructure that would be able to successfully service sort of this global market? So we have um, maybe 10 or 15 servers that we use on the cloud in order to sor- serve all of our customers. We actually are not using AWS, but we're using a similar solution. We're using uh, DigitalOcean. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yeah. And, and uh, in, in terms of your familiarity with building something that could scale, did that come from just you know uh, on-the-job training, or how did you gain that experience? Because 
coming out of Scheidler, I mean, I'm, not sure, I'm sure they didn't have a class on digital no, motion or anything. No, so I, I was, again, software engineer. So I've worked for um, two startups mm-hmm. uh, previous to starting uh, this company. So I know, you know, I knew immediately what I need to do. I've done this before. So, but this time it was for myself. So uh, definitely, the, you know, the critical knowledge of, of building a very technical product was extremely useful. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So you had some experience in, in some of the previous uh, companies that you got involved in? Yeah, so I, I was involved with a company uh, called Conductor. Uh, it's a search engine optimization uh, platform, and they were actually recently acquired by WeWork and then bought themselves out of WeWork. Uh, <laughs> did you get did, did you get something as a result? I, of? I did, I did, and that was really helpful in you know funding this this company. Oh, um, yeah. So so in terms of um, uh, growing your, uh, I guess, uh, company of of technical expertise. I mean, how did you go about finding them? Where are they all from Hawaii, or were they from contacts across? you know, the, the far reaches of your, your network? Yeah, so I absolutely reached out to my network of people that I've worked with in the past. And our team is uh, all, all remote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are, you know, not really affected in de- by this current situation because we anyway all work remotely. Uh, but we have people in uh, Brazil, people in Argentina, people in Miami, and then me and Tim are uh, here in Honolulu. Well, so you bring up a great point. I mean, you had already developed the company with a, a distributed workforce idea in mind. Now, Brazil, I mean, that's a pretty far location to actually know the level of expertise that you're hiring. How did you determine the quality of that person? So I uh, trained the first person I hired mm-hmm. and took him a couple of months to get you know really productive and comfortable and then we hired his friend and another friend and another friend. So it's a chain of referrals, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of training on the job that had to be done. Um, and you know, as a rule in the industry, it takes a long time to um, to bring someone up to speed and get to know your system, your platform, your procedures. Um, so we're you know very proud of of the team we have in place. Um, you know, I, I do want to ask you a little bit about what it's like to manage a company that's so distributed across the world. But I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this uh, short break to continue our conversation with Asaf Carmen. And we're talking about turnover BNB and the life of a startup in Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Asaf Carmen from Turnover BNB and about creating a successful startup in Hawaii. Right before the break, uh, we were talking about, you know, just the kind of the formation of the company and how you know, from, I guess, day one, this was kind of a distributed team across, um, you know, a variety of different locations. I mean, was there something that you needed to 
I guess, develop in terms of how to successfully manage a sort of distributed team? I think it's a very common structure for new startups right now um, is to be distributed from the get-go because you initially are very, very strapped for cash. Mm -hmm. So just the idea of renting an office is a Mm -hmm. non-starter. And then, you know, you start out with talent that is, you know, a little more affordable in other countries, again, being have no, no resources. So a lot of companies uh, at our stage uh, are also distributed from the beginning just because this is the easiest way to do it. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. you know, when, um, when you came out, you started to build the, the platform. Uh, you looked at the, perhaps what the accelerator route. What, what the... In your mind, what is it that you were looking for that you needed to perhaps get out of an accelerator? So we uh, uh, participated in Cohort 10 of Blue Startup, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing program with amazing people headed by the wonderful uh, Shanoa. I'm Uh, sure Shanoa appreciates (laughs) her wonderfulness. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And we obviously needed uh, the injection of, of capital. Um, was it was it the capital that drove you? What was it that you know you thought? Oh man, we we gotta maybe take advantage of this uh, accelerator opportunity. Yeah, so so it was it was the capital, and it was also you know the mentorship mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. connections that have been uh, extremely helpful for us. You know, when Can you, you go through this program, you're you know you're getting you know wanted and unwanted advice, and a lot of sort of external scrutiny of your model external scrutiny of your execution which is can be you know unpleasant but it is very helpful uh, and you know we've got a lot of advice from a lot of people uh, we sort of you know bonded with with some mentors more than others and we came out of it um, actually really growing much much faster a lot more focused what was it that you think was probably the the best advice or maybe the thing that helped you to accelerate quicker, I mean, as a result of going through Blue Startups? You also, I think you learn a lot from the peers in the cohort as much as you do uh, oh, yeah? from from the advisors. You see what other people are doing. You see the kind of procedures that they're, they're doing. How are they going about hiring? How are they going about firing? How are mm-hmm. they going about, uh, you know, raising, raising capital? Um, and I think learning from the peers was was probably the the biggest thing that mm-hmm, we've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in in terms of uh, uh, your, I guess, uh, path forward. Uh, given the fact that you know we're sort of in this this coronavirus age right now, uh, how has ha- how has that affected your business? So we're we're a startup, and you know we have to be long term focused. Mm-hmm. Um, if we just look at our day-to-day business right now, well, you know, we're losing money, right? But we are looking forward five, mm-hmm. seven years. And as long as people are traveling, I think there'll be a market uh, for, well, I mean, for our services. For, for your um, marketplace, I mean, and and it's great that you're based in Hawaii, but your marketplace is really kind of global. I mean, there's going to be pockets where, uh, I mean, Hawaii might have a hard time, you know, in the next <laughs> uh, six months, uh, but other places might, I guess, recover quicker. 
Yeah, we we are we're dis, dis, distributed and inter, also in terms of our customer base, so that really helps us uh, diversify uh, the risk mm-hmm. in this specific situation. Mm-hmm. It kind of you know is terrible everywhere, but I think some places are going to come online faster than others. Um, and again, it, you know, at our stage, we are now, you know, doing what we do best, which is to, you know, to innovate. So we're going to take this time that, you know, the business is slow to sort of double down our efforts on on making our product even better, even more useful, executing harder and faster. And when recovery happens, and it will happen, mm-hmm. um, we'll be in a better spot and we'll be able to, you know, to increase our sales, increase our market share. Is there any advantage to being in Hawaii? I mean, what has uh, has Hawaii's location been of a, uh, a benefit in terms of you know being able to still address the marketplace that's global? I think it has. I think it has. I think uh, there's obviously you know downsides to being in Hawaii. There's that you are somewhat removed from the rest of the industry, and it's a little harder to access. Um, you know, capital mm-hmm. and talent. Uh, but on the other hand, it makes you uh, work harder and be more frugal and more resilient. So we're looking at, you know, some of our competitors that have raised orders of magnitude more money than us and are kind of in the same spot. Mm-hmm. And we see, wow, you know, we really have done this on a shoestring budget. And now, you know, we're so lean that we're going to be able to weather this and they probably won't because, you know, they're not lean. No, that's a yeah. great point. And, you know, uh, I, I, I do want to emphasize the fact that, you know, one of the things that we have as a, an advantage is the fact that we are still connected to the rest of the world. And so you could do business online, you know, if you're based in Hawaii. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. But, you know, the fact that we're distributed um, is, you know, sort of negates, uh, you know, the geographical isolation. Mm-hmm, I mean, the only mm-hmm. downside is they have to wake up really early <laughs> to oh, cooperate yeah, with, yeah. with the team that, you know, wakes up a little later. So, um, but other than that, you know, Hawaii is an amazing place to live. Um, and the business community here has been extremely supportive uh, from uh, Shadley College of Business to Pace to Blue Startups to the uh, Hawaii Angel Group that has, you know, we've got funding from um, and to just friends in the industry. The other day I was just talking to other um, companies on the island that are travel-focused, and we we're all kind of sort of sharing the experience of how to deal with this crisis. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been on the phone with, with people, again, from the business community that have offered advice, and, and people here are you know coming together, and you know we're going to go through this and now, you said you wanted to, given the now kind of opportunity to perhaps uh, focus in and double down, what would you want to focus in on? What were some of the top priority things that you want to get accomplished at this period in time? You know, so, so now as, you know, making sales is harder and, mm-hmm. um, you know, traffic comes down a little bit, um, you know, so every dollar matters. So you really got to, you know, sharpen um, your, your sales processes sharpen the conversions on on the website and then there's also the the roadmap that we've already had in place in terms of the features that we want to implement uh that we're going to continue executing on because again we're long-term focused and you know we believe that the market will recover at some point and you know we'll be there to 
take advantage of it. Very good. So if people wanted to find out more about Turnover BNB? TurnoverBNB.com. And, of course, I'll put that up on our show notes. Asaf Karman is the president of Turnover BNB and, of course, the winner of the HVCA Technology Entrepreneur of the Year 2020. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, bud. It's a pleasure to be here. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about working remotely and the virtual office. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. Make sure you wash your hands. Keep that social distance. And see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Surprise.